Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the corner, luxurious corner booth. It's not just a corner booth. It's not. Well, okay, it's Naga Hyde, but it's... It's some luxurious Naga it's, Hyde. <laughs> it's luxurious Naga Hyde. So we're thrilled to be here. Tom Dorian, sidekick. Yes, we are. Wingman. Yes, sir. You didn't bring any wings with you. We should order some from the kitchen. I got some big wings, too. Every time huh? I say big yeah, big wings, you do. I do. But you're a, yeah. you're a big boy. That's 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 code for fat. No, no, I'm no, okay no, with no. that. No, you're just thick boned. That's what they all say. I know. Anyway, yeah. How we digress every time I we start know. a show? It's weird, isn't it's, it? We get off track. I bet you there's some folks out there that are like, just get to the show, guys. Yeah, really, this is stupid. You're being obnoxious. If they could fast forward, they would. Yeah, so but I that's apologize. Okay. So my fault. We're gonna get there right now. Let's go. Okay, here's how we're gonna get there. Okay, we're gonna get there because you know Christmas is kind of winding. It's really it's it's, it's wound it's, down. It's, yeah. So here we are. Um, it is uh, the Feast of the Epiphany. Right. And uh, the Christmas season ends with the, the baptism of the Lord, mm-hmm. which happens to be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on when you hear this. But the Sunday mm-hmm. is the Feast of the Epiphany. Right. And so you actually are still allowed to listen to Christmas music. Perfect. And if you want to have your uh, big inflatable Frosty the Snowman out, you know, you still can. <laughs> You're still good with that. Yeah, but you need to get it down pretty soon. The tree you can bring down in February or you know March because no one's going to yeah, look inside you're your house. Hiding it, right? Yeah, exactly. But uh, it's going to be crispy. But really, technically, like the only Christmas song you really should be listening to now is the one I love, and my some of my kids love it. We Three Kings. Oh, that's a great tune. It's a cool one. It really is. And there's something I didn't notice. It's really odd, but if you listen to most versions of We Three Kings, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about like the ones that are back, you know, with with Dino. Uh, uh, Frank Sinatra and you Good know all classic, these guys, man. right? Back then, the happy-go-lucky days, you know, and and even the ones today with the modern kind of uh, folks throwing out that throwing down some tunes, right? Got some backbeat. They love to sing this song, uh, but they they always leave a verse out, and it's really interesting when you discover and you you know you Google the all the verses of We Three Kings. Mm-hmm. We know the We Three Kings of Orient are bearing gifts. We traverse afar. Field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star. Mm-hmm. I think they're southern boys. Right. You know, follow that yonder star over there. And then, of course, the beautiful oh, star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding. Guide us to thy perfect light. And it's right. a beautiful song. Right. It's the three wise men making their way mm-hmm. to the, this baby, the, the, the answer to all the prophecies. That's right. He's, he's born in Bethlehem, and so they follow that star that leads them to, to Jesus. And how uh, and I love the bumper sticker, by the way, in Christmas time. Wise men still seek him. That's yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's like that. So, uh, so then the the song goes into the three different uh, gifts that they bring. Okay. Right, and so the the first one is like uh, born a king on Bethlehem's plain. Gold I bring to crown him again, king forever, ceasing never, over us all to reign. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, okay, gold king. Right. And we understand we understand that one. That's cool. And then it goes to the Star of Wonder business again, and then comes back to the the second gift. Frankincense to offer have I. Incense owns a deity nigh. Prayer and praising all men raising worship him, God most high. And we think about incense again, right? Uh, raising uh, like the prayers. Scripture yeah. tells us the incense is like the prayers, prayers of the saints, floating to heaven. right? Floating to heaven. And and then most people 
do another little, uh, you know, rip roaring round of oh star of wonder, star of uh, night, and then they kind of wrap it up, and you, and you think, well, weren't there three guys? Yeah. You know what happened to the last guy? I mean, what, where where is he in all this? Uh, most of them leave him out. Uh, yeah. Well, I think a lot of them do. Um, hmm. And some of them don't. Some of the modern people, the brave people will. But yeah. if you listen to the lyric, you understand why Frank Sinatra might have said, eh, we're not going to do that one day. We're going to just, you know, he's like, he, it, it says this. That was a horrible. That really was. It was a bad. That's why Frank I'm Sinatra. laughing. <laughs> it was so awful. But let's say that, uh, how about Ethel Merman, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, we're not doing that either. No, so so the reason why they want is because they hear these lyrics. Right. And it's like, and you can't like, you can't put a, you know, a happy face on this. It's like, mm-hmm. myrrh is mine. It's bitter perfume, breathes of life, of gathering gloom, sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in a stone cold tomb. That doesn't sound Christmassy. Know, does it's it? like all the kids are like going, but daddy, <laughs> you know, it's like it's suddenly, uh, uh, it just like sounds, it just sounds like one right of those. Well, it sounds like one of those uh, Christmas horror movies. You it know, really where does. Santa goes crazy and starts whacking people. You know, it just sounds bad. It's like it's just, but but if you understand what's happening. It's, it's reality. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah. And again, it speaks to the heart of our Catholic faith and what we teach about, about the birth of Christ, about those three wise men and the gifts that they bring to the infant Jesus and right. why it's so important that we understand what those, what those gifts mean. That first gift, obviously, gold. Kingship. The gold. Yeah, his kingship. And, and obviously, we, we bring our finery. That's why when we look in our, um, in our churches, our tabernacles, there's shiny gold boxes outside and inside, right? Right. And 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 also the vessels, the sacred vessels we use when the, when the Eucharist is confected at Mass, right? This is always gold or platinum, silver, some very. Uh, it's a precious metal, right? And we offer our best mm-hmm. to the King, mm-hmm. right? And and so gold is something that we would offer to the King. We this is this is of great value to us, and you are infinitely more value. To us, and, and when we just give you this, take this and and do with it as as the king would, uh, and and the reality is, so it makes sense that one of the bring the the, the the three wise men would bring, right? They show up at the uh, baby shower there, and they've got gold, right? And Mary says, "Oh, thank you. Put that right over there. That's nice. Look, Joseph, they brought gold. That's that's lovely. Uh, we don't know that. That's what they said. I just no. I, I think I would say that. I'll just say it that way. I'd I'd be I would be like, oh, this is good. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll take care of that." But even the the next one is is beautiful. Frankincense, I offer have I to offer have I incense owns a deity nigh, and this is prayer and praising all men raising right these prayers that as the incense rise up that beautiful uh, frankincense is what's used. It's that it's that uh, uh, hardened Sin-sense. tree sap. Mm-hmm. Uh, frankincense is and it's and it's essentially a, a resin from trees mm-hmm. that we still use today. If you go and look in your sneak into your sacristy. Uh, and, and if Father catches you, just say, well, I, Deacon Jeff said that I could come in here and look and see. But the incense that they use, most of it has frankincense in it as one of the ingredients. It's Makes still a, a resin, and it's still, it, 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 it has this beautiful smell, a beautiful smoke. Uh, and it's, it's so it's part of our liturgies, and we see, uh, and when we do that, we're not just like, you know, when kids, we'd say like, holy smoke, you know, we, we, we didn't really understand what was going on there. But essentially, those are our prayers right. being raised. And we see in frankincense the recognition that the three wise men saw him, saw Jesus as the high priest right. to offer 
that greatest offering himself mm-hmm. on our behalf. Right. Right. And so uh, incense is, is sort of symbolizes the priesthood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So we have the kingship of Jesus in the gold and we have the, the priesthood of Jesus in the, in, the, in the frankincense. And so then we come to the myrrh. Now, this one's odd. It is odd. Myrrh, we find out in the Bible, is a burial balm. Mm-hmm. It, it's what they would wrap. The, it's part of the, the Hebrew, the Jewish tradition uh, in preparing the body for burial. And mm-hmm. it was a, a very um, expensive balm that was used uh, to, to cover the body mm-hmm. and prepare it for um, death, tr- the transitus into eternity. And so they would, in the, and we find out it's a burial balm. This is in, uh, in scriptures. And, and so... Oddly, one of the wise men brings this burial balm mm-hmm. to Jesus as one of the, the three gifts. Now, imagine if, Tom, you were invited to uh, a, baby, a shower. baby shower and you show up and young mom's sitting there with the little baby and everyone's, you know, you've got all these little different little rattles and things and people giving. And you show up and you say, by the way, I bought you a cemetery plot for Junior. <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, they would kick you out. Uh, they look at you like you had two heads. There's, that's for sure. Well, no one wants to think about death. That and then attach that those lyrics with it. Yeah, exactly. See how Stone far cold that gets you. tomb. Yeah, exactly. That's not, it's not yeah. going to go very far. You're and not you going to be, be getting any snacks you won't be, that day. Yeah, yeah. You will not. No you will not be friends. You. Yeah, nothing for you. Exit stage left. Right. Heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> I saw that was pretty good. Today's impersonations. It is. I guess it is. I like in, that impersonations. They are. You know, that was terrible. Another bad. <laughs> uh, that was good. <laughs> oh, Yoda. But anyway, so if you showed up with that, you'd be. You'd be roundly mocked, right? You'd be you kicked out. Be, right. And the reality is they, they showed up with that. The, the third guy showed up with this because Jesus was born to die. Mm-hmm. Scriptures recognize it. I, I think Mary recognized in her, we talked about her pondering last week. Right. Right. And Mary would recognize that some, something big was happening. Here. That was some serious pondering right there. A- amen. And so we, we, we see this and, and we recognize that Jesus was born to die. Mm-hmm. And so this, this burial bomb makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And we think about the gifts like, well, we're going to give like really nice gifts that they can use. And, and that's nice what you do at a, at, at a, a, a baby shower now. But, but this baby is different. Mm-hmm. Right? Jesus is different. And his birth is different, notably so. And I think a lot of times we hear that song, we don't really think about it. We, we, it's a catchy tune. And then a lot of people don't know what to do with that, that third gift. And they, so they just cut it out. You'd be surprised to know. Listen next time you hear. I'm going to start paying attention to that. And if you hear some of the older versions, they just drop it like we're stone cold to and, and we're bleeding and we're dying. I, I actually don't remember ever singing that. Yeah, because most so people don't. And they yeah. just kind of cut it out. Oh, it's yeah. all time we have. Let's move on. Let's keep it happy. Keep <laughs> right. it happy. Right. And, and the reality is the happiness, the joy, the salvation comes from the death. It comes through that. From his death. Mm-hmm. Through his death and then of ultimately his resurrection. Right, his overcoming right. death. And you can't overcome death until you've had the death. That's right. And it's got to be a real death. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a powerful, a powerful uh, testimony and how beautiful that is. Um, and so and now there's more. We, um, I should probably tell you the only really bad three wise men joke I know. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, why did the three wise men have ashes on their feet? Don't know. Because they came from afar. <laughs> That's another little southern humor for you. Uh, and, and on that light note, very, very little actually. <laughs> we're going to take a break. We have more to talk about this Feast of Epiphany uh, when we come back. Before we do that, I want to remind, remind folks at home we have a great website, 
thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love for you to send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. With that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. St. Peter Julian Amard was born in a small town in France in 1811, and from his childhood days he felt a calling to serve God as a priest in the Catholic Church. But St. Amard's road to the priesthood was not to be an easy one. Anti-clericalism was rampant in French society in the early 1800s, and on top of that, the Amard family was poor. His father, reluctant to give his blessing to his only son's desired vocation, finally allowed him to enter the seminary to study for the priesthood. Unfortunately, St. Amard had to leave the seminary due to serious health issues, but he never gave up on God's call. He finally finished seminary after overcoming many obstacles and was ordained a priest in 1834. St. Amard, despite his ill health, was a surprisingly energetic and enthusiastic priest. He had a strong devotion to Mary, the Mother of God, and enjoyed traveling throughout France to various Marian shrines. He joined the Marist Fathers in 1839 and started immediately preaching, writing, offering spiritual direction, educating, and organizing. He eventually became provincial of his Marist order. St. Amard never waned in his love of Mary and in his belief in Christ's real presence in the Most Blessed Sacrament, which was encountering a resurgence of devotion in France at the time. He took this opportunity to found a new order, the Congregation of the Blessed Sacrament, still active today. This order was known for its devotion to Eucharistic adoration and for preaching about the gift of Jesus' presence among us in the Eucharist. The Congregation of the Blessed Sacrament encountered many difficulties along the way. The fathers and the brothers of the order took a vow of poverty, chastity, and obedience to the bishop, and times were tough. Nevertheless, their persistent faith in Christ protected them and provided all that they needed to survive and to do their work. St. Amard and his order were very effective in fostering love and reverence for the Blessed Sacrament. They prepared young adults for First Holy Communion, preached at Eucharistic devotional liturgies, and were very effective in reaching out to fallen away Christians and bringing them back to the church. St. Amard went on to found a second order, an order of women religious called the Servants of the Blessed Sacrament. While this order performs numerous acts of charity and outreach, the Sister Servants of the Blessed Sacrament find their devotion centered on adoring Christ in the Eucharist. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting here with Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. Yeah, my uh, sidekick. Get some more impersonations for us? No, no, I don't have any right now. I was hoping for like Yosemite Sam Uh, or uh, somebody like that. You know what? Don't start doing that. Okay, I'm sorry. Because I don't know any of those people. I'm going to tease you. Jimmy Uh, Stewart or Jimmy Stewart. I can do Jimmy Stewart, but I'm not going to do Jimmy Stewart. Uh, Anyway, we three kings. Epiphany. Epiphany, what we're Mm. talking about. You know, we just talked about the gifts we just kind of focused on the gifts that the three kings brought and their their theological, their scriptural significance uh, and how important that is and how we kind of look past that and just see it as an ordinary Christmas song when, in fact, 
especially that third one. It helps us write this this gift of myrrh helps us to, to fully realize and see exactly what a great gift it was that the Father gave us right. on Christmas, right. right? And how awesome uh, that is. And so we're talking about gifts, and, and it's neat to kind of even think that this even informs, like in my own family, when we talk about gifts. Uh, we started a, tr- a tradition in our family where, uh, you know how the kids will come up with these Christmas lists that are like 83 things long? <laughs> yes. And, and, and everything that's put on there, and they'll, they, like, they, they, like, they shoot high. Yeah, they think so like now do that times nine, right? Yeah, exactly. And so uh, that's a lot of stuff, you know. And now we don't do that. Uh, and one of the ways that we've sort of curtailed that is we've told the kids, it's like, how many gifts did Jesus get? Three. That's genius right there. And it's like, all right, kids, you get to pick three things. You pick three things that you want, and one of them has to be myrrh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you pick three things that you want, uh, and, and that sort of shapes our I'd Christmas. I'd rather have coal. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 uh, it just changes attitudes, yeah. and it links the gift-giving again to Christ. Yeah. Right now, stuff. we give them more than three gifts, but they get to pick three. And yeah. the gifts that we give them are, you know, the socks and the underwear stuff, right? Right, and other cool things that we might—a book or whatever that we might have—that we might have wanted to give them uh, from our hearts or whatever. That's that's fine. But things they ask for, what they request, what they think is Christmas is all about for them when when they're little and they're thinking about gifts, pick three. It's kind of a neat thing to do. But you do that on Christmas Day, right? No, we we do that as we're preparing for Christmas, right? No, what I mean is the gifts are given, they're exchanged oh, yeah. on Christmas Day. Of course, that's what most people do. So question. Yeah. Some countries, I think, I suspect, they, they celebrate or they exchange gifts on Epiphany Day. Tom, that's a brilliant point you've made. <laughs> Tom, is he, Tom is here to raise the IQ level way up. So that we skew to the uh, the the Mensa people. I'm sure our, all of our regular <laughs> listeners are thinking, "You're nuts." That Tom guy's a nice guy. There's nobody listening, Tom. We're all alone. Jeff. It's just me and you sitting in a. Just, <laughs> we're all alone. There's nobody here. The cafe's empty. It's we're a talking to ourselves. Right. Who am I? No, uh, no, you're right. Uh, it's interesting that we uh, we have a, a Hispanic seminarian from Mexico at our parish. Okay. And I was t- I was talking to Francisco. Okay. That's from Elf, by the way. Francisco. Oh, remember yeah. when Elf says, uh, anyway, <laughs> Buddy the Elf. No, I remember. He was sitting on the floor drinking a cup of coffee. Francisco. Francisco. Uh, anyway, so I was talking uh, to, uh, he's out, actually now a deacon. He's transitional deacon. Deacon Francisco is talking to him. Uh, and, he, and he told me that actually that in their culture, they exchange gifts on the Epiphany. So there you're you right. I, I think it's a Mexican thing. It may be other Hispanic cultures. It may be other cultures also that, that exchange gifts because that's when the wise men came with the gifts. Right, makes sense. Right? So uh, it's a different uh, – It's a different, and actually I kind of wish we did some of that because yeah. that would stop the 12 days of Christmas from ending on Christmas Day when most people think it does, when actually it starts. It starts. Right? It starts – goes from Christmas Day, mm-hmm. December 25th, to the Feast of the Epiphany, January 6th. There's right. a 12-day span in there. Right. Right to the eve, and so you start to realize, well, there's some method to this supposed madness. There you go. Right, and there's a connection between the the Christmas, right, to Advent, to Christmas, to uh, this Mary, the Mother of God, the pondering, and then to the Feast of the Epiphany. Yep. And how beautiful all that is, and to see this whole gift thing. But you know, we we, we should talk about like what Epiphany is. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think, what's well, the Feast of the Epiphany? That's about the three wise men, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another story. 
And oh, good, we're going to look. And so, some parishes I've seen in some parishes where they have like you ever seen the nativity sets, and they have like the three wise men that start on the other side of the building. They oh kind yeah, of, they kind of like trot every day. Like yeah, I came in today, and the wise men had moved. And it's like yeah, that's Father. Father, he's teaching us through the, uh, the 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 gradual movement of the three wise men to get right. to to the manger. I like that. Uh, well, anyway, so we see that, and we think it's all about this story when it it is. But the story in and of itself is really, it's, it's a beautiful teaching from our church. And that's this idea of what epiphany is. Now, we've used that word in our common culture, right? And, and that word has, um, if you look in, in Webster, it'll tell you, uh, it, it comes from the Latin and the Greek that mean to, to a revelation. Right. You know, just like when you're thinking like, I was sitting at home wondering how I was going to get out of this situation. And I had an epiphany. There and then go. I suddenly realized if I lie, no, it's not. You that's, that was a bad example. That is a, that's the wrong kind of epiphany, right? No, it's like, oh, I, you know, remember how the, the vacuum cleaners are called Eurekas or whatever, because right. that was supposedly Eureka. the guy said Eureka, you know, when, uh, when he invented. But that's an epiphany to have this, this great moment of revelation. Right. Right. When, and, and to realize something is to suddenly see its reality. Right. And so the Feast of the Epiphany is more than just like the three wise men show up. Right. What the church teaches about the Epiphany and what, what's so beautiful about it is that this is essentially how the church says that, the, that we should receive the Epiphany. What our Epiphanies are. Right. That, that, uh, that Jesus is not just for the Jews. He came out of Israel. Right. Into the world. And, and we see the Epiphany as that time, the revelation, mm-hmm. right, the realization that... Jesus is meant for all the Gentiles as well. So we have these three visitors from far-off lands, far to the east, that come. And they're they're not homeboys, right? They're not the guys from around the corner. Oh, they're into the world. Hey, that's Bob. He's the butcher. And then that's the candle maker. And, you know, it's like that's not who these people are. They're, they're great, wise, wise men, whether you call them magi, magicians, astrologers, whatever you call them. They're these three great representatives of the entire world right. coming. And then, we, and then we see suddenly the universality of Jesus Christ and the gospel message. Right. So it is truly an epiphany for the world. It's when this, this promise uh, uh, from, from, from God through the prophets, this promise of a Savior is born to the world for all mankind, for all humans, for everyone, men, women, children, uh, even those rotten people, that you know, for everybody. <laughs> Right, and and that universality that that's that's the word epiphany. Mm-hmm. It's not just a oh I just realized something. It's an an epiphany is much deeper and more profound than that, and it explodes outward like creation. Right, right, and that and that's powerful, and, and that's what that feast is really all about. And so, as you rightly brought up about our own epiphanies, mm-hmm. I mean, if you stop and think about, it, I mean, have have I ever had an epiphany? Oh, have yeah. I ever realized something? Have I ever stopped and gone? You know what? I can't look at that the same way anymore. I, I, I have a, had a change of heart. So have you? I have. Like myself, I, I guess I've had lots of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I, I think uh, maybe when I first realized I, lo- I loved my wife, I always put that in there, by the way, so I get some brownie points. Big, big time. That's, I had an epiphany like, like, hey, this is something special. Right. Maybe so falling in love, like realizing that something is vastly better here than it is elsewhere, and you see that connection and you're you're altered or changed, and you can't get your mind, you right. know. So so a, a good, healthy, holy love relationship is an epiphany, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I remember 
being disenchanted with my Catholic faith as a young man. Yeah. And just just eschewing it and saying, no, thank you. I don't need this. And the great epiphany when I realized the Catholic Church is truly that church that Jesus founded mm-hmm. on the rock of St. Peter. Mm-hmm. Right, that the gates of hell would not prevail against. And when I realized that, it changed everything. I came back to the church with a zeal, with a vim and a vigor that I'd never experienced before in my faith. It's what led, I went through Curcio. Uh, it led to my, my answering the call to the permanent diaconate. It's led to this ministry, to, to my friendships with people like you and other people. It's just changed my whole life right. because of an epiphany. Yep. Like, this is the church. Right? Cool stuff. What about your epiphanies? Same for me. I, and I, I do it. I, I know my epiphanies the same way you said. I remember. Yeah. You know, when I sit and ponder, we use ponder That's a right. couple of times. Ponder is a big word. When you look in your, I, I've always said, when I look in my rear view mirror, I can see God's hand crystal clear. Oh, yeah. And then you see all the di- different places where he's been part of your life and changed your life. Yeah. yeah. And all, so then always. you have an epiphany and go, God is in my life. Right. Right. And sometimes I don't realize it right this moment when you have that epiphany, then you can sort of count on it. Right. That's right. You don't presume you, 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 trust. you count, you trust that yeah. God is there yeah. and present. And, and so we invite him That's through. Right. Exactly. You invite him in through prayer and through through your 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 actions and, and, and your faith. And, and that's an epiphany. And it changes your life. It, it changes does. your viewpoint. It does. Because how, we all know the sad sacks and the people that go through life miserable, complaining about everything. Right. But then the people that have realized that Christ is present, that Christ has been here, that God has been in your... And we see that when we see that in the rearview mirror, hindsight is twenty twenty. that old expression. Yep. And we realize that that's an epiphany for you and for everyone. So the question is, have you had an epiphany? Yeah. That's the question for everyone listening right now. It's the feast of the epiphany. It's not just a time to celebrate three wise men. Oh, we finally made it. We can rest our feet. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. It, it's, it's not that so much as we need to realize that this Christ child, this message, right? This, this message of salvation, this message of hope needs to go to the four corners That's right. of the earth. And we're the ones who are going to bear that message. We, we, we've got to carry that. You can't just sit. You've got to take it. That's right. So essentially, uh, you know, epiphany, another word for epiphany really is evangelization. That's right. To, to carry this message to the four corners is what we're called to do. And, and, and we can't stop and just kind of rest on our laurels and mm-hmm. sit on it. And it's not Christmas may be over. But but the reality is Christmas was the beginning of something. The incarnation was the beginning of something. Mm-hmm. And the epiphany is the realization of that joy, of that hope. The epiphany is the realization that Jesus is born, right, to save us. How beautiful that is, how profound. When we have our own epiphanies, we can share that with the rest of the world. Let's go out and have an epiphany, Let's shall we? Let's do it. Let's pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com, where you can find out more information about The Catholic Cafe, Listen online, download MP3s, or subscribe to our podcast. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association.
and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time. Mm-hmm.